That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that says if you really have the energy to complain about a teaser for a teaser... Get a life. You don't have enough to do. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. <laughs> and we just watched the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice trailer. <laughs> Superman sucks. I hate Superman. Oh, it's so stupid with his eyes. And what's with the voice? Uh, I hate yeah. people. I truly, deeply hate people. And also, no, that I, Star Wars trailer. Oh, so, Han Solo is old, and who cares the, after the prequels? The stormtroopers look they, like they have smiles now on their masks. Uh, blah, I want blah. the old stormtroopers. Yeah. Mm. Meh. Anyway. Oh, it's been a... a but Terminator Genisys looks good. <laughs> oh, we're starting this show off with a bang. <laughs> oh, I'm in a mood this evening, my friend. Oh. We have... It, it's seriously... I told you the other day. It's like 1984 all over again up yeah. in here. And I yes. love it. We got yes. Terminator, Star Wars, Batman. Yeah. This is awesome. And Gen all I get... <laughs> Versus and, Tactrian. <laughs> Tactrian. Oh, we got Fan Four Stick also later yeah. this year. <laughs> and all I get from people is griping and bitching and moaning about uh, literally that Batman trailer. They just went ahead and released it today. They were going to release it on Monday, but since it got bootlegged and yeah. and was put out there, they just went ahead and released it today, which was fine. That was good move. But it's like a two-minute trailer, and there's about 40 seconds of maybe actual footage. Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. And it's all, and I'm getting people going, oh, it's so dark and gritty, and the whole tone of the film is just, uh, and I'm like, you got a voiceover from Neil deGrasse Tyson. You're breaking down what's probably a three-hour movie about that. Like, yeah. give me a break, man. Yeah. Oh, but Avengers, amazing, awesome, everything awesome, Marvel, uh, Marvel, yeah. uh, it's just, cult yeah. of Marvel, it's very, yep. very weird. I was, the other was... Thing, I was thinking about starting off with, if you really care about uh, the label in front of who is making your comic book movie, then you should also care about 21st Century Fox and Universal and Sony, yeah. Sony and who, every, uh, every name in front of every movie ever, you should be like, no, no, I'm a Sony guy. Yeah. Oh, Lionsgate <laughs> made that. No, uh, well, I'm not seeing that. Yeah. I, I'm a magnet releasing guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, even the Star Wars trailer, it's like, really, really? Uh, yep. I, uh, I saw a lot of complaints about it. Yeah. A lot but, of complaints. I'm like, oh, it looks stupid. and <laughs> Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Nah. Okay, after that three-minute gripe yeah. and bitch. What's funny fest. is that all of these, all of these complainers are going to be first in line. Oh, those are, that's your midnight crowd. Right? Yes. They're the ones there that have bought tickets three months in advance with the little tents, and they sit out there and yeah. watch it at midnight and do nothing but gripe and complain. Oh, the font on the rising letters looks different than the old. Yeah. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. Stupid Abrams. Yeah. So let's che- move into Chewbacca it. looks younger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I could literally... A, he's not an alien that. or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Benjamin Button of walking carpets. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> 
Oh, how are we going to... Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's try Let's move to... into the roulette. Let's just get right on with it. Okay, yeah. we had... This episode, we had... Uh, I guess we should... Uh, once in a while, refresh what the roulette is. That's where we force each other to watch movies. We pick a list of movies off Netflix, the uh, crapshoot that can be that roulette, and the other person will pick one and dive on that grenade for our loyal listeners so you know whether or not it's a gem or a turd. Uh, And last week we picked Banshee Chapter versus Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. Um, You want to go first? You want me to go first? Sure. Yeah, I can go first. Okay, you go ahead. Um, this is kind of a no-brainer here as far as my review goes. As any listener out there knows, <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of the 70s <clears throat> excuse me, and 80s. And um, I'm also a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino, who made Death Proof. And this movie, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, uh, starring Peter Fonda and Susan George, is pretty much... It's, 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 basically kind of like that uh, kind of like Death Proof in that it's car chases and just lots of back and forth banter and it's awesome. It's It was a big thumbs up. I got a huge kick out of it. Now granted it's not this is not Stuntman Mike insanity but it's still a cool 70's flick. It felt very much like you should be watching this a scratchy a scratchy 35mm print in a, at a drive-in. And that's that's exactly and the, everything from Susan George's fairly bad acting all the way to the crazy abrupt hilarious ending. I it's a no brainer for me. I'm like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> I also got a chance to watch this one because I was hoping beyond hope that it would be uh, everything that I wanted to be, and it was. And I'll tell you, it's it isn't a no brainer because there are road movies out there uh, in this vein of Grindhouse that I've watched that are held up as classics that are just boring as crap and do not have this. This has mm. it. Whatever it may be that we're talking about of the Grindhouse 70s quote-unquote road movie, this is it in spades. This is it all over the place. I mm-hmm. I loved it from beginning to end, and especially the end. It was Oh, yeah, it was great. Quintessential 70s. Yeah, but, you know, and and Susan George is she is an anomaly. Uh, I'll tell you what, because you're like you're looking at it, you're like yeah, this chick's kind of hot, little little hoe bag running around, whatever. All right, and then she starts talking, and you're like, you're oh like, yeah, oh, the seventies when nobody yes. cared about dentistry, and yes, she, <laughs> she's got teeth over here and over here, and <laughs> yeah, and again, it's a, it's a road chase movie, so it's the co- it's cops chasing bad guys. That's all you really need to know about the storyline. Uh, it is, but it worked on every level. I oh, loved it. yeah. I yeah. loved it, man. I had a ball with it. Yep. That was a big thumbs up. Uh, and that will find its way onto my DVD shelf one one way or another. I agree with you. It should have been. It would have been great to have it real drive-in theater, grindhouse, yeah. uh, flickering. Maybe the film catches fire halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Please it stand was, by. Technical difficulties. Yeah, it was perfect <laughs> for that. I loved it. Uh, okay, over on my side, uh, Banshee Chapter. Now, this was a total um, crapshoot in the dark of cleaning up the garbage off your Netflix queue. And I'm happy to report that I hit I hit one. I found, I found one. I, out of the other crap, I'm glad I picked this one. Journalist Anne Rowland uh, explores the disturbing links behind her friend's sudden disappearance, an ominous government research chemical, and a disturbing radio broadcast of unknown origin. And it's very hard to give a 
actual synopsis of this movie without telling you the entire story of the movie. Mm-hmm. But for every, uh, I think I've said this before, but uh, I, I'd say about for the subgenre of faux documentary and found footage movie, about one in ten is worth a damn. This mm-hmm. is the one. And maybe I'm just jaded because I've watched nine completely crappy ones, uh, but this is the one. This is a good one. The scares worked for me, and on a lot of level, it's it's far from a ten or maybe even a gem. It might be a gem of the subgenre because okay. it, it, yeah, there's there's, yeah. so, there's so many of the subgenre that are just garbage. Uh, you definitely need to check this one out, though. The scares totally worked for me. Um, as far as the story, this guy is uh, doing, it's kind of a conspiracy uh, thing about with the government. Uh, the government did a bunch of, of tests on people where they basically, back in the, I don't even know, 50s, 60s, it's kind of vague. They have they look at some government videotapes this guy finds uh, where the government would give these people a drug similar maybe to like LSD, something that makes you hallucinate like crazy, and then they would F with them. They'd like put them in a dark, strap them down, put them in a dark room. Oh, this sounds good. You know what I mean? Like stuff where you're like, why would you do that? Why would any person do that kind of horrible thing? And then all hell breaks loose every single time they do these things. Um, There are a couple of wildly glaring, obvious faults with this movie, and you have to just kind of accept it. Okay. First of all, the guy that made the movie does not know what the hell he's doing with the camera. The camera works fine. It just is confused. It, is it faux documentary or is it found footage? Oh. It keeps it keeps switching between the two, and it rips you out of the film. It, like it is so annoying because uh, like the cameraman is is following our main character, she's a female, around, and it's okay. I'm found. I'm the cam. You can tell the cameraman's here with you and moving around and stuff. But they act like it's the cameraman's never there, and it's a movie. Mm, but then later yeah. they're that, finding that, the footage. Like it doesn't. It does that part of it does not work at all. Yeah, that definitely you, sounds like a glaring uh, huge, amateur. Yeah. You just have to like ignore it. If you just ignore that and go like the scares are insanely effective. Uh, another thing, the director, writer, whatever, incredibly obsessed with two things. The movie From Beyond, or H.P. Lovecraft's story From Beyond, and Hunter S. Thompson. Man, that's uh, a big thumbs up right right away for me. It is, but it, it borders somewhere between homage and just completely ripping off the whole thing, and I don't know which it is. And I don't really care at the end of the day, because I, ended, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, uh, Ted Levine is in this movie, and he plays the Hunter S. Thompson character. And it's just a glaring Hunter S. Thompson. It is Hunter S. Thompson. It's just bizarre that all of a sudden you're like, well, there's Hunter S. Thompson in my movie. Yeah. And my conspiracy movie, whatever. You just so, got to kind of roll with it. Where does this fit in? Like, would this be as good as The Bay and Frankenstein's Army or... Uh, neither one of those. I, I wouldn't say it was excessively gory. Yeah, and you kind of know when the scares are going to... The jump scares are going to kind of come. Mm-hmm. But it's still, when you, you see them and when they happen, it still scared the shit out of me, and I was watching it in the afternoon. Oh, good. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, you need to watch this movie. I enjoyed okay. it. It was good stuff. It's on uh, my list. It'll Now it'll stay on my list, and it's one that I'll bump up I, to. I definitely want to hear what you think about it. Yeah. Because Especially maybe, because I, maybe I'm wrong. Movie. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just jaded because, like I said, I watched nine crappy ones in a row. Yeah. <laughs> very well could be. It, it's totally possible. But I think... I dug it, man. I dug the conspiracy story. Maybe that was it. Maybe that's why I liked it so much, is the 
conspiracy story that blends with From Beyond and the government experiment stuff and uh, the From Beyond stuff with the... Uh, um, oh, yeah, that's all me right there. Creatures from another dimension coming over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that stuff's totally there, and it, it works. It was creepy as hell. Now, at the very end, um, do I understand everything that happened in the movie? I do not. I would love to hear your thoughts on what you think happened. They left. Uh, did they leave it open-ended, or they, did they just not do it clear enough for a person to understand? That's up for debate. Again, if you come back with a thumbs down, I'm not going to be, like, heartbroken. Yeah. I just think that for that weird sub-genre, it, this was a pretty decent flick. Cool. Excellent. That's good to hear. So what do you got for me for the next round? Okay. Um, I'm Some of these, if you don't pick, I'm probably still going to watch. Uh, but we'll just, we'll see. Um, first up is a movie from 2014 called The Canal. It's also on my list. Okay. It just sounds cool. The reviews seem to be pretty good. In fact, one review compared it to Sinister, which you know, I'll believe that when I see it. But still, I'm like, okay, well. Did uh, you watch the trailer? No, I did not. Not the trailer for this. I did. I pushed play on the trailer because I'm, I'm doing that now to make sure we get no more malls. Yeah. Uh, I made it a third of the way through the trailer, and I turned it off because I said, ah, good enough, more than okay, good enough. Cool, cool. okay. So that's, that's uh, a film archivist. Uh, David has been having a rough time lately. He, as he suspected, his wife Alice has been cheating on him. Um, I'm just reading a quick... Sure. I don't want to give too much away here. Uh, wife goes missing, there's a disappearance, and... They're suspecting that the husband killed her, but there might be something otherworldly going on instead. So, I think it sounds cool. I The trailer was excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, next up is a movie called Devil's Pass from 2013, directed by Rennie Harlan. Oh, boy. Uh, five young filmmakers retrace the steps of a doomed group of hikers in pursuit of an unsolvable mystery. And it that I did watch the trailer for. That does look good. Oh, I almost put this on your... Oh, boy. That picture on Netflix. Wow. On the mobile. Yeah. They got some crazy creatures on top there. Wow. Yeah, so that looks pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Um, next up is a movie called Black Forest. From I believe 2012. Um, I, I, actually, I'm on IMDb. I need to make sure that it's it, all right. I, I'm on like Netflix. you said, I just want to make sure it's the same movie. I have a feeling it's not. Black, Black Forest. Forest. Uh, 2012. 85 minutes. Okay. Yep. There it is. When a, when tourists visit a European village and agree to observe a pagan ritual in the forest, they become trapped in an alternate fairy tale dimension. It sounds probably too good to be true. Oh, but oh. did you watch the trailer for this one? I have not watched the trailer oh, for that boy. one. I don't watch does it look bad? No, it looks awesome. That's that might be the leader right now. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. That, that sounds wicked cool. I just Yeah, that, the storyline for that sounds really good. Mm. Okay. Um, next up, this one here sounded interesting. Uh, Mia Wazakowska. Is that how you pronounce her name? Yeah, Wazakowski, maybe. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's movie's called Tracks. Uh, is affecting as adventurer Robin Davidson, who crossed the Australian desert alone and on foot in 1977. I thought that just sounds good to me. Yeah, I almost added that one for you as well, but I was like, eh, you still haven't watched uh, the 
Escape from Ukraine movie that you made me watch and I made I wanted you to watch, so I figured, eh. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I understand. Um, okay, this that is, does look good though. Yeah, uh, this one here is a long shot, and this is I would almost guarantee that the cover is the best thing about it. But I had to add it. Bring me the head of the machine gun woman. Also on my list. <laughs> I mean, what are we going to do? One of these we both have to watch. We, we yes. have to. It's been Se- yeah, 73 minutes long. Uh, in a small town, a sexy mercenary known only as the machine gun woman runs afoul of the mob, which puts out a $1 million bounty on her head. At the very least, it's, it's, there's got to be something good in there. Did you watch the seven- trailer? Nope. I only watched the trailer for Devil's Pass. The, I, I got halfway through the trailer for this and cut it off. You know why? Good enough. Oh, it okay. Was, it, it, one of the production companies behind it is called, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, uh, sp- like Spanish Ploitation or something. Mm. So they, cool. that's that's what you're into. It okay. Looked, it looked very, um, de- not Desperado, uh, El Mariachi. So mm. low, low budget, but good. So, okay. And, and since that's the shorter of the two, I would vote that's the one we both have to watch. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Then, last but not least, this is a long shot, but I had to. I had to add this crazy sounding thing. You from really 19, didn't. <laughs> from ni- well, from nineteen seventy eight. Oh, okay. Me- message from space. Um, this th- sci fi thriller charts the conflict between the peace loving natives of the planet Jalusia Ge- and the attacking Gavanas. <laughs> um, oh, the cover is so great. Uh, and it's every every review says it's a ripoff of Star Wars, ripoff of Star Wars, ripoff of Star Wars. I'm like, good enough. That's going on the list. Gr- uh, directed by directed by Kinji Fukasaku. <laughs> I have watched the first uh, fifteen or twenty minutes of this. Okay, so no go on that one. Uh, no, I didn't turn it off. I fell asleep or was was into something else. But the okay. first uh, fifteen minutes of it, it was. It was so insane and had nothing to do with Star Wars whatsoever in any capacity. It was a Godzilla film mashed on top of uh, the old uh, Battlestar Galactica with 70s special effects. It was insane, Uh, and I just never got around to finishing it. Man, I was really going to go Black Forest until you added that. (laughs) Well, I I couldn't help myself. I'm like, you know, that sounds cool enough, and it's from the 70s. I'm like, ah, yeah, we're going to add in that. You know what? I feel so good about Banshee Chapter that I'm not diving on your horror crap this time. I'm going to take Message from Space. (laughs) Cool, okay. I I don't blame you because for every Banshee Chapter, there is ten... Turds. Yeah, I've watched that, them. <laughs> yeah, that sound good, and then they're they're garbage. They're so I, I don't blame garbage. you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the canal. Bring me the head of machine gun. Whatever. Which one do you want to watch? Um, let's do, the bring me the head of the machine gun. It's seventy three minutes. We it can't be that yeah. harmful. Yep. And you took two off my list with that, by the way. Uh, okay. So if well, in addition to that, if you want the canal, that's also on there. Okay. Um, the only other one I've thrown back on here is uh, Ragnarok, and I went and rewatched the trailer for that, and did a little more research to make sure this is not a sal- uh, asylum or any of that garbage, and it's not. Okay. And I, I like I said, I rewatched the trailer, and it, 
it looks like a good flick. It's like a Norwegian film, uh, action film is how it's listed, from 2013, 95 minutes. An archaeologist sets out to find a link between an ancient shipwreck and the Viking apocalypse known as Ragnarok, only to make a chilling discovery. And I believe there's a giant creature of some sort in this movie. And okay. I, one of us needs to watch this movie, and I, I, I might know. watch it soon. <laughs> uh, okay, next up is from 2013. Let me just bring this up here. Uh, Homefront. Uh, when an ex-DEA agent is widowed, he moves with his young daughter to a small town, but his quiet life is shattered by a meth-making drug trafficker. Sounds fairly direct-to-video, but... Starring Jason Statham, James Franco, Winona Ryder. Okay. Looks like probably a decent action something or other. Okay. Uh, next up is your documentary. And there we go. From 2012, Sushi, The Global Catch. 75 minutes. This documentary traces the history of sushi from its origins as Japanese street food to its current status as an internationally popular cuisine. Ooh. Okay. So that was kind of five, but I have more. I can. I'm going back to the old list at this point. Yeah. No. I'm, actually, no. I'm good. Um, okay. Uh, that's a pr- that's a pretty good list. I'm going to pick the canal. The canal will be my. Will be All my right. List. Going double header of questionable horror. That's. I am good. just because that canal got enough positive marks and it sounds good enough. I'm like, I'll jump on that one and. Dude, hope the, that it's the not trailer a was scary as hell, and I only watched ha- I only watched half of it, and it it looked like it was expertly shot not just like Good. sufficiently shot it looked very well shot okay um, that's again just judging from the trailer it looked like good acting did not have those quick kind of edits that i would expect from an asylum or a sci-fi original type it had all the marks of a good thumbs up type deal awesome good okay uh, let's move on to the top 100 for the month of april Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> oh, boy, I'll tell you, it was already starting to get hard. I was getting my little cards out and flipping them around and picking and choosing, and wow, what a strange collection I came up with. <laughs> yep. Even organizing this mess was... I, they're starting to get all intermingled. It's sort of like, you know, I've got this arranged in a top ten format, but you could just intermix any of these. It wouldn't bother me at all. Um. I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, this month we're dealing with, uh, the, or this episode, I should say, is 90 through 81. Moving right along. Oh yeah. I'm gonna let you go first with number 90. What do you got? Okay. Number 90 is Hangover Part Two. Uh, in my part, uh, my humble opinion, uh, this is the best of the Hangover movies. And I don't have a ton of comedies on my top 100, but. I'm su- I'm honestly I'm surprised in myself that I added this one, but I'm like you know what everything about Hangover Two I loved. It took everything that made that what was the original, and they did it more mean spirited, I guess. So it's every bit as funny as the first one, but it's just more dirty and mean. And for some reason, it's just I, every time I watch it, I love it. Uh, so that's another one. There's not many comedies on my list, but that made the that made the top 100. In, in another five years from now, it might not even be on there, but for right now, I'm like, I love Hangover Part 2. I love it. Love it. I completely agree on all fronts. There are not many comedies that squeaked into my top 100, and they're on here, by the way, this this section. Uh, 
And I agree that I'm one of the few with you. I, I liked part two better than part one. I still haven't seen part three, but... Uh, it's okay. I, it's not of, bad. A lot of people on part two were like, oh, they just repeated the same formula. And I'm like, yeah, but they went the next step. And it was yes, the they next did. level. It, exactly. And that's why I liked it. It's like they changed the formula. They didn't change a formula that worked. They just made it every bit as funny and more mean-spirited. Which, was just... in, which in turn was funnier to me. That they just yes. completely recycled it. That was mm-hmm. hilarious. Okay, number 90 for me is uh, the Wachowskis' Speed Racer. Ooh, and nice. This is one of those films that is very divisive. You're probably going to love it or hate it. I, I came out very in the middle the first viewing, and then on subsequent viewings, uh, I was able to pay more attention to the finer detail, and I realized this film is genius. Uh, every shot is in f- in focus, foreground and background. Mm, the I way, love that. The way that only animation can be. They were mimicking an- animation. That was just fascinating to me. Uh, I love the film as a whole. Um, the humor is hilarious. The action is fantastic. It's, at some points, the uh, speed racing is so blistering, you have to almost slow it down to, for your brain to process all of it. Yeah. I, it works on a lot of levels for me, and it, it definitely deserves a spot in the top 100 because it's one of the most cool. unique films I've ever seen. A living yep. anime. Yep, and it bombed. That movie bombed in theaters. And uh, I think that that could eventually, down the road, become a cult classic. It's so bizarro. It does have a cult following that is growing. I've found a lot of people that have turned around on that thing on subsequent viewings. Yeah. And I wonder if the same will apply to Jupiter Ascending and uh, Cloud Atlas, which I love Cloud Atlas. I know. I'm still surprised Cloud Atlas has its naysayers, but it really does. And same with Jupiter Ascending. I don't think Jupiter Ascending was quite up there with Cloud Atlas, but nonetheless, it's a fine science fiction uh, romp, I guess, if you want to say. Yeah. Um, number 89. Okay, 89 for me is The Lost Boys. Uh, this is probably, I, I hate to say my favorite vampire movie because the Hammer Draculas are um, are so good. Although I, I guess I already talked about Horror of Dracula, but there's there's maybe a couple other, at least one other vampire movie on my list. But Lost Boys easily finds a place in my top 100 of all time, easily. I, in fact, I almost think I should rate this higher than it is, but... I I've am surprised so it's not in your top 10, to tell you the truth. I know, <laughs> I know. There's so many others, and I'm like, I can't put Lost Boys in front of uh, I know Empire, I, Empire Strikes Back. As we've, and, as we've discussed many a time, I've got yeah. 100 films in my top 10. Yeah. Uh, okay, number 89 for me is, in a similar vein... The Blair Witch Project. Mm, and the, nice. The, the only reason it's down so low, actually, is uh, rewatchability. Uh, it's a lot of whining and a lot of crying and a lot of uh, depressing-ass shit. So, how often am I going to pop this in? Well, it's in 4.3 and uh, Dolby Mono and lots of tears and snot and whining and <laughs> groundbreaking yep. film, but at the same time... <laughs> but it is a groundbreaking film. I remember watching it in the theater, and I was prepared to like crap my pants, being so scared because of the way people talked about it. And I was like, "Oh, that wasn't that bad." And then I watched it again at home on DVD and by myself one night at you know late at night, and was just 
it got me. Like I went along with it and bought into the whole thing and it, I was just terrified. Uh, and that's the only way to watch this movie is by yourself in the dark. Maybe preferably in the woods, set up a TV out there by a campfire or something. You will, yeah. you will never walk through the woods with a flashlight the same again. Because I, I, I've done that where I'm like, I can see the road and there's a house over there. And I don't even remember what you're doing, just walking to a friend's house or something is through an acre of woods. But with a flashlight at night, you will think of Blair Witch every single time. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, number 88. Uh, number 88 for me is Saving Private Ryan. Wow. Oh, what, down that low? Yeah. Uh, again, it's that there's so many movies on here. <laughs> I know. And I just, I gotta, I gotta shuffle them somehow. And my, Saving my, Private Ryan. My number 88 is now completely embarrassing, but go ahead. Yeah, well, it, it, again, Saving Private Ryan, everybody has either seen it or knows what that movie is. It's one of the best war movies ever made, although, like Schindler's List, it's a really tough rewatch, um, but technically it is fantastically made, and it almost created its own little subgenre of war movies. That that gritty realism with the, I don't want to say shaky camera, but just the color palette, uh, how Spielberg shot that thing. It created numerous other war movies shot like that. Then, and it, even action movies that had that Private Ryan feel to it. I agree. Uh, okay, number 88 for me is the equally uh, excellent Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Uh, fantastic. One of my all-time favorite comedies. Probably my top three comedies of all time. I Endlessly rewatchable, especially for Star Trek dork. Uh, absolutely hilarious. And it completely deserves a spot on here. If you haven't seen it and you have any sort of... Uh, Love of Star Trek, shame on you. Watch this movie. It's great. Okay, number 87. 87 is Dawn of the Dead 2004 uh, Zack Snyder remake. Right. Uh, I think that this is better than the original. I think it is one of the best zombie movies ever made, and it holds up 11 years later. I still remember going to the theater with you and Archie and Adam in Mm -hmm. Adam's Jeep, and we were all just like, this is Awesome, and just just we were just jazzed after that movie, and it's like yeah, that kicked ass. That was great, and it still holds up. It's fantastic. Love the movie. And I think you and me and Archie were the only ones that were like hardcore fans of the original. So we're like, oh, I seem to maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but I seem to think I recall that we were like, oh, this there's no way it's gonna be as good as the original, and you know. Then we all come out of the theater like, oh my god, that was great! You know? Yeah. Ah, anyway. Okay, uh, number 87. In the Mouth of Madness, John Carpenter Ooh. makes his appearance finally. I love this film. This, I, I could be wrong, but this might be the very first true-to-form, 100% horror movie I ever saw. And I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, uh, uh, fighting with my uh, parent unit about I want to watch a horror movie. I want to watch an R-rated movie. I want to watch this. And and it was like, okay, fine. You're old enough. What do you want to watch? And, well, let's go rent something out of Video Connection where Eugene works. Went in, the, <laughs> went in the back and I'm looking for something to rent. And, you know, video rental days, not everything is in. I really wanted to rent something and I can't remember what it was. But it wasn't in. And so I'm looking around desperately like, okay, I've got a pass to watch an R-rated movie. What am I going to watch? And I found this thing where there was an open book 
and a face coming out of the book, and it was like, the tagline was, have you lived any good stories lately? And I was like, that sounds badass. Okay, this is it, Mom. This is what I wanted to watch. Okay, as long as it doesn't get too gory. And so we went home and we watched, and uh, if it gets gory, you promise we're going to turn it off. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then we get to the part with the gory monsters and the the devil, Antichrist, all hell breaking loose, and she's like, this is enough. You said you'd turn it off, turn it off. And I was like, eh, just give me another <laughs> minute. And she went upstairs fuming mad, and I watched the rest of it, and then I think I got in trouble, but I was like, screw it, it was worth it. And you know what? To this day, still love that movie. Still love Sam Neill. Great movie, yeah. Fantastic movie, I love it. Uh, anyway, number 86. 86 for me is... Oh, boy. Um, Killer Clowns <laughs> from Outer Space. Uh, awesome. <laughs> because, if yeah, only it's... I could have put um, Saving Private Ryan across from that. <laughs> yes. You see, it's Saving Private Ryan isn't quite as good as Killer Clowns from Outer Space, you see. Uh, they're fairly well-renowned <laughs> on both their fronts. Okay. <laughs> um, I, this, the, the rewatchability on Killer Clowns is off the charts. I love the Chiata Brothers, uh, the, the, uh, the clown makeup that they did for these this movie. In fact, they, they're fairly well-known uh, effects artists in the business. They did... Uh, the stop motion stuff for Will Ferrell's Elf movie, and there's other movies that they've done. They're, they're really good at a certain type of look, and this was a movie that they directed in the '80s. It's everything about it is extremely '80s. Um, it's hilarious. It's a sci-fi horror comedy, and it works on every single level. I love watching this movie. I'm in a good mood every single time from. Uh, from the moment the clowns show up to the end of the movie where our heroes get uh, splatted in the face with uh, cream pies. The end. (laughs) There you go. I love it too. And it also, um, if you think the premise is too silly to exist, or maybe shouldn't, or shouldn't be on this list, it definitely is one of those films that you've never seen anything like this before. Exactly. I know. Totally unique. Uh, It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 86 for me is from 1959, and this is an old-school classic for me. Uh, I th- it has been remade to death many a time, and I, this is still my favorite version. That is Jules Verne's Journey to the Center of the Earth. Mm. Uh, hold on one sec here, bring this up. And... Starring the always great James Mason. Pretty much anything that he is in, I tend to love. Uh, he was in Stanley Kubrick's uh, Lolita, which I think you still have not seen. I have not seen it. Nope. Come on, I'm trying to bring up the right one. Journey to the Center of the Earth, also starring Pat Boone. <laughs> no! Okay. Uh, an Edinburgh professor and assorted colleagues follow an explorer's trail down an extinct Icelandic volcano to the Earth's center. And James Mason just absolutely kills this role from beginning to end. This is classic old school science fiction with uh, miniatures and the uh, using animals like a regular size lizard against a blue screen and your people are so to make it look giant like a giant dinosaur and your people are small and uh, volcanoes and magic mushrooms and it's fantastic. I love everything about this movie and it's it, it's still great even with age. It's still a fantastic film. Uh, number awesome. 85. 85 for me is 
1982's Poltergeist, directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, it, I, I'm not sure what else to say about Poltergeist that hasn't been said before. It's uh, one of the classic vintage 80s movies. It's still scary. It uh, it was in the days before PG-13, and it is every bit a PG-13 rated movie. Um, it... It's it it's interesting to know that there is a big backstory to that movie with Spielberg and Toby Hooper butting heads, mm-hmm. um, because there is so much Spielberg in Poltergeist, mm. um, but it's still supposedly directed by Toby Hooper. Although watching it, it's like this feels very much like a Steven Spielberg horror movie. Yep. Um, so, but it's one of the better haunted house movies ever made. The special effects are fantastic and they still hold up today in my opinion. I agree. See his other film, Super 8, directed by Toby Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, number 85 for me is Richard Linklater's A Scanner Darkly, starring mm. Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder, Robert Downey Jr. Wow. Uh, this is an animated film, but it's a sp- special animated film because it's it was actually shot and then rotoscoped in post uh so that means they animated over top of the film that they actually shot so it has a very unique look uh it's a philip k dick story it's absolutely it's just brilliant and bizarro and it's a perfect uh method for making a philip k dick story where he's constantly struggling with what's real and what is not, and drug hallucinations, and it's brilliant. Uh, number 84. 84 for me is Halloween Part 2 from 1980. This is the follow-up to John Carpenter's Halloween. I thought, and I am very much in the minority here, but I actually think that Halloween 2 was better than Carpenter's original Halloween. Uh, I liked the, the uh, hospital setting, I liked that they upped the violence in it. The music was almost better than the first one. I thought that this was actually like Hangover 2, a sequel that um, took what made Part 1 so good and made it almost better. Um, it's a lot more fast-paced than the first one. And um, it just, it's almost like Part 1 and Part 2 of the original series it was one long three-hour movie. Um, I agree. The first one was such a cliffhanger, and then part two picks up like seconds after that. Uh, but I have watched that movie, and another reason why that's on the list is the first time I watched that, I taped that off of uh, network television, like a midnight showing on VHS. Uh, much to my parents, and they never found out that I did this. I was way too young. But then I I wore that VHS tape out, watching a extremely edited version over and over and over, and then I finally got to see. The R-rated version, which I'm like, whoa, okay, <laughs> this thing is is uh, very much an R-rated movie, and I I, I loved it, yeah, loved it. So. I boy, I you know, I bet I've seen the original a, a couple of times, and the sequel about as many, maybe two, maybe three, uh, but I would say splitting hairs for me, uh, picking one or two. It, it really, I agree, it feels like a three-hour movie. Yeah. Uh, number 84 for me is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And I saw this movie kind of on a fluke because I needed to kill a couple of hours. I was picking up my uh, girlfriend, future wife at the time, uh, from a bus stop in Cleveland. And that was the only thing showing that 
looked semi-decent, and it was, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's Edgar Wright. I, I loved his other movies, but I'm like, this one's bombing and getting terrible reviews. Well, the ones that I read anyway. And I was a, one of three people in a four, 500-seat big theater, and I mean, jaw on the floor. I could not believe anybody gave this a negative review. It, it balances a drama, thriller, action, comedy. Absolutely hilarious. Came out of that theater, called you, and was like, you gotta see this movie as soon as humanly possible. You will love it. And the rest is history. Yeah, I did. And I watched it like literally days later, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I gave that movie best film of the year, whatever year that was that it came out. I, that, yeah. that is the best movie I've seen this year. Number yeah. 83. 83 for me is James Bond on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, there is maybe one or two other James Bond movies on this list, but uh, that one definitely makes my top 100. Uh, Something about that movie, I know it's it's got uh, is it uh, uh, what's uh, as uh, I forget his name. What's what's the one-off Bond character's name? Uh, Lazenby. Uh, oh, George Lazenby. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, he only did it once, but I thought that he was a very good Bond. But um, I loved the the Alps setting, and there's a a snow ski chase in there that is. One of, if not my favorite scene in any of the old James Bond movies. I love the the tension, the music, um, the storyline of the entire movie, and then the extremely downbeat ending worked brilliantly. Uh, In fact, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, if uh, you're a big fan of Christopher Nolan's Inception, there's a big scene on the Alps, and that was kind of his homage to Secret Service. Yep, and he he still talks about wanting to make a Bond movie. Oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> it would be something. I don't know what it would yeah. be. It would be yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'd so, love to see it. There you go. That's 83 for me. Okay, number 83 for me is uh, The Crow. And mm. uh, this director was almost on our director spotlight, but he needs to direct just a couple more films to we can get him there. But uh, I really dig everything this guy has done. But The Crow came out of nowhere for me. And it was... Uh, at the same time, I watched that at the same time I watched Seven. I remember going to work one day, and I was debating and about what to watch. I said, I wanted to watch this, and a buddy of mine said, man, have you seen Seven? The local video store got Seven. I was like, all right, maybe I'll check that one out. Uh, was going to get together with my buddy later that night. Went to the video store to rent some movies for us to hang out. I got The Crow and Seven. Went home, was like, man, I can't wait. These both look dark and creepy and weird and awesome, so I watched one. And it was amazing. Watched the other, and it was amazing. And then he came over, and I was like, we're going to watch these two movies. I just finished <laughs> watching them, and I watched them both twice in one day. That's and awesome. For me, uh, in high school, it was like, this is the greatest doubleheader of all time. Uh, but I love The Crow. I love it. it. It's. I wish so bad he hadn't died during that movie, because it gives it this whole extra dark edge that I feel kind of dirty watching it <laughs> but yeah you know what it is what it is and it's a great film number yeah. 82 agreed uh 82 is the good the bad and the ugly clint eastwood one of my favorite westerns of all time in fact i had i hadn't seen this until recently and you were like dude it is so good because i was like 
there is no way I went through the dollars trilogy and I'm like, there's no way that good, bad, ugly is going to be better than a, for a few dollars more. And you're like, uh, you need to check that out. And I watched it. I'm like, this is like epic. This is epic Western. Yep. Uh, it's just the music and the acting and the storyline. And it spans this. It's like, it's so big. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's fantastic. Timeless. Like, that's one that will still be a fantastic Western movie 50 years from now. Yep. I agree. It's great. Um, number 82 for me is, speaking of Christopher Nolan, last pick, uh, The Prestige. Hmm. Unfortunately, this film has fallen to number 82. Uh, it's a... As we are going to say many times during this segment, it's a great mm-hmm. film. It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. Blah, 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 but. blah, blah. <laughs> but. <laughs> but, you know, I had to put some others above it. That's all there yeah. is to it. And I I love this movie. It's great. Uh, the first time I watched it, I was like, man, it's intensely dark. Like the ending and the reveal of the spoiler, which I'm not going to do now, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, but... Uh, the way he tri- twisted the narrative on its head uh, for the viewer was just... I mean, I didn't think after Memento that he could shock me again, but he did, narratively. Yeah. It was... It, you deceived me, and I don't feel ripped off. I feel like, holy crap, that was amazing. Anyway, wrap us up with your number 81. Number 81 is from 1987, I believe, uh, is the Italian slasher movie Stage Fright. Directed by Michael Sovi, I believe is his how you pronounce his last name. Uh, it's one of uh, my it's one of my favorite slasher movies of all time. It's a mix between uh, a, a giallo movie and um, and a horror a slasher movie, and it works on every level. I love 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 this movie. The killer in it. It's it's Friday the Thirteenth set in a in a uh, opera house with these these actors that are trapped in there overnight and everything about it is like cool 80s but Italian 80s and it's extremely graphic like it, it, very 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 graphic um, but if you like the 80s and you like slasher movies it is uh, top tier stuff awesome uh, so Number 81 for me is the third animated, roughly, uh, debating on how you uh, take Speed Racer. I call that an animated film. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Third animated film for me on this uh, round, The Incredibles from Pixar. Great movie. My absolute favorite Pixar film. And unfortunately, I'm surprised it fell this far. I really am, but... The other animated films I had on my list, I was like, you know what? I'd love that one just a little bit more. And I really wish they'd make a sequel to this movie. They've been talking about it for years, but instead I'm getting planes and cars too and uh, garbage like that I don't even give a remote crap about. But you know what? I'm not the audience for Pixar. It's little kids who are buying toys (laughs) or convincing their parents to do do that. Anyway, that's going to wrap up our top 100 for this month and this episode. So let's move on to recently watched. Um, hmm. Do you want to go first? Should I cover what I teased? I got to make a note here that I have to cover a couple of these things. Um, because I teased them last episode. I have to talk about them this time. 
<laughs> I don't yes, have I don't right. have a terrible lot to talk about, but I got a few things why, that I want to touch. Why don't you Why don't you start? Okay, uh, I, I mentioned last episode Berserk, um, mm. and I'm you're probably not familiar with it, and it's it's one of those things where oh my god, I, I'm never going to be able to convince you to watch this, which is <laughs> unfortunate because it's a TV series, an anime TV series with one season. Uh, prepare for confusion, but okay. So there's an animated series that was made in the nineties, one season. And it's like, I don't even know 20, 30 episodes. That's, and that's it. That's all that we got. Now later they come out with this, this it's, it's, uh, like three movies called berserk golden age, arc one egg of the king. Okay. Movie. So I, it pops up on Netflix. I hit play like, okay, I got more Berserk. Like uh, a season two is what I'm thinking or, you know, a, a second trilogy or something. Hit play and I'm like, boy, this seems really familiar. They like redid the show, but in a three movie kind of arc. I, it's And it's like some of it is the show and then some of it is, they redid some of the action yeah. scenes. And I'm just, it's the same. Like the, there's, it's a, a shortcut of the series. So is it good or? I mean, kind of, yeah. But at the same time, I'm getting, I'm like watching. I'm like, this is just a shorthand of the series. Like you're missing a bunch of parts that were really cool in the series, but it's the series. <laughs> gotcha. I know it sounds really confusing, but someday I'm gonna make you watch this shit. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you would you would love it. You would totally love it. But it's 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 a hard sell, especially for you that doesn't like episode TV stuff. Yeah, it, it's like um, it's like medieval times. It's really gory as hell, like disgustingly gory. Uh, this guy with a big sword just killing the crap out of people left and right. And at the beginning, there's a little bit of a tease of some maybe there's a supernatural edge of some demon stuff going on. And then, like, every fifth or sixth episode, you get a little tease of a demon monster or that pops in and says, like, you have no idea of the evil, and that guy carries the egg of the king, and he will be Satan's pawn, and then he vanishes, and you're like, what the hell was that? You know? And then you get a couple more episodes, and then some, something equally dark and demonic and insane happens, and then you get to the very end, and you're it's just like... The most insane, darkest, demonic, Satan, hell ending you've seen since, uh, what was that anime movie we both really liked? Uh, Dante's... Oh, oh, that was great. Dante's Inferno? It's like that compact into 30 minutes and more evil. But you've got to go through the whole series to get to that point. And uh, because you don't appreciate it otherwise, but along the way, it's all gore and heads getting cleaved in half and uh, insanity. And I have the special collector's widescreen edition series that I bought. It's, <laughs> it, it's absolutely beautiful, but you got to hang with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those. But here's the thing: where I might be able to sell it to you is that, um, and I'm talking about the series again, not these movies. I haven't yeah. uh, watched these all of them. Uh, but the series, um, that, that's uh, that's all there is. It, you got this one series, and that's it. It's not like season after season after season. It, it's just this one thing. And I've never really sold it to you because I'm like, I I can't sell it to him. <laughs> but eventually, 
like Cowboy Bebop, eventually you will watch that. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Over to you. Okay, so for me, um, I'm going to talk about, and I want to get your opinion on this too. Have you watched Cronenberg's uh, The Brood? I'm guessing yes, right? I believe I own it, yes. Okay, so I watched, I rewatched The Brood because I got a Blu-ray of Scanners, which I love Scanners, and that still holds up, and then I, I rewatched The Brood. Wait, before your review, I would like to chime in real quick that my memory of um, The Brood is that I blind bought it, and you told me, meh, and then I watched it and said, that was very decent Cronenberg. You should give it a second chance. Now, where did you come out on second time? Uh, much better. Okay. Much better. Okay. I think the older I get, the more I appreciate certain movies that I did not. Because I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I didn't yeah. love it or anything, but I was yeah. like, eh, Cronenberg, 70s. You could, yeah. you could do a lot worse. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, Cronenberg, 70s. And it's like, it's not quite as good as Scanners Mm-mm. and some of his other stuff. But I'm like, you know, that's that's a pretty good movie with a really great shocker ending of, mm-hmm. oh, whoa, okay, that was something. Um, but because we had never, we haven't really delved into a lot of of Cronenberg stuff, mm. uh, other than I mean, excuse me, his latest movie was a complete bomb. Um, the, that was on the roulette, which is so odd that he's gotten to that point where he used to be in the making such all, great all body movie. horror, and now he's all drama. And yeah, it's like oh, Existence was so good, and Scanners and Videodrome. And even the brood. The I would brood say up not... through Eastern Promises, it was great. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, and uh, what was the one before uh, a history of oh, violence? That movie was so good. Oh, it was great. And uh, but anyway, the brood is just is you know the movie itself is if if they would have changed even the score of it a little bit, it wouldn't have been nearly as effective. But the score it has this creepy seventies vibe going on the whole way through. That makes all the weirdness all the more weird, mm-hmm. and then that bizarro ending <laughs> is like, it's just yeah, just David, just sexy as hell. That's what it's, I remember. Oh, it's so <laughs> disgusting and gross, and I'm like, what? Oh, that's so gross, and I love it. That's that's awesome. You're like, I can't look away, can't yeah, unsee. It's gross. <laughs> So, um, and even though, now that I think about The Fly, I mean, this guy's made some great movies. He has, man. Um, he has. So, but I want to just bring up The Brood, that I rewatched that, and while it's not his best stuff, it is certainly, uh, it, it, I have found that I, I like it a lot more than I used to. Good, good. So, yeah. Uh, okay, over to me. I, I'm not sure what, I can't remember what else I teased last episode. I'll, I'll real quick touch on a couple uh, James Cameron's Deep Sea Challenge uh, was oh. recently added to Netflix. That was a solid doc. It was interesting. If you want to watch uh, James Cameron and uh, Associates design a submarine to go down to the depths of the Marianas Trench and the struggles they have and the adventures along the way and do they succeed and we, it's solid time, but uh, not like I'm going to spend a whole lot of time breaking that down. Um, yeah. A field full of star. Uh, sorry, a field full of secrets, not stars. Uh, secrets was one that you threw at me on the roulette, and I added yes. it. Very interesting. You definitely need to watch this one. 
Uh, it's on my list. I went into this thinking this was one of those faux documentary things where it's not real. And about 15 minutes in, I was like, I, the, mm, I think this is supposed to be real. So I started doing research, and turns out this is a real documentary where these guys are going out investigating crop circles in England. And, boy, how much do I tell? Without <laughs> how much do I give away? Because there were a few moments in this documentary where my jaw hit the floor. Uh, little twists and turns along the way of uh, the design of these things, where I'm like, at first you're like, for the first uh, two thirds you're going, you kooky bastards, you have too much time on your hands. Just all right, I get it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's weird, and that's yeah. <laughs> and then they do this one thing where I was like. Holy crap, I never looked at a crop circle like that before. And they go, yeah, me neither. Can we build it? And suddenly it's it suddenly it turns into contact. Where it's like, oh. they, they came up with a design, and they start to build. And it turns into not a joke. It's something you need to see. And it's disturbing. And beautiful at the same time, where I'm like, this is kind of really messed up that this is in any way working. And I loved it. This was a fantastic film. I, I loved it from beginning to end. It was very bizarre, and it's all true and real. And, oh, man, I want more to happen with this. <laughs> Fund <So> this. <laughs> how, how, uh, so out of one to ten scale, where would you put this? Oh, I would give this one a seven and a half. Oof, this wow. was completely entertaining. I would totally watch this movie again. Um, but it, it was one of those things where you, I, I was more like, boy, I'd, I'd like to get involved. I, I'd like to talk to these guys and uh, see, is there some engineering that we can do? Like, can I help in some way other than just watching your movie? <laughs> does uh, do do does it uh, get into UFO type stuff and uh, yeah? And if you read the synopsis on Netflix or IMDb, they're both wildly wrong. They make it sound like this kooky guy goes off and starts trying to build a UFO. No, he doesn't try and build a UFO. That's not what he tries to build at all. Like it's way wrong synopsis. The other one said um, a guy goes to investigate crop circles and then begins a life living with a transsexual... Uh, yeah, I saw that. Also, wildly inaccurate. He meets this guy who also is doing the same research, who happens to be a transsexual, transgender, or something or other. Which is fine. It, it's it's irrelevant to the story, though. They, they made a point of bringing that up in the synopsis, and it's rather irrelevant to the movie. It wasn't that big a deal. It was just, uh, he happens to be that way. That was one of their chief engineers. It, it made it sound like that was the focus of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's not at all. Uh, but you need to see it for yourself because I want to talk to you about it and we'll do a spoiler episode review on it. Because okay. I, I, I don't want to give away uh, the fine points of the of the twists. Because if I do, then when they happen, you, it won't do anything for you. Okay. Well, I've that's on my list. And, and that one, um, wife material. Yeah, I'd, oh, cool. I, yeah, there's a little bit of language here and there, maybe you know, but that's about it. it other than that, it's a documentary. Awesome, cool. Okay, all right. Back to you. Uh, I'm going to talk about Cujo a little bit. 
I'm going to listen to you talk about Cujo. (laughs) And the reason that I'm going to be talking about Cujo is because I just finished the novel. And whenever I finish another King novel that has a movie tie-in, I have to watch the movie even if I've seen it a million times. And Cujo was one of the more recent uh, novels that I finished up. So watch the movie again. And my review still stands. I don't like this any worse or better than the numerous times I've seen it. And I know where you stand on the movie, but uh, i got to tell you, I, I really like Cujo. I think that, it, that the movie itself is, um, it's, not, it's not perfect, but for an 80s horror movie, it follows the book fairly accurately while taking out a lot of the, a lot of the meat of the story. Uh, that that simply wouldn't have worked in a in a movie. Or, I'm sorry, uh, taking a lot of the meat out of the book that wouldn't have quite worked in in the movie. Yeah, right. Kind of like they did with with Pet Cemetery. And yeah, there, there are actually some of the plot holes, and there are plot holes in this movie. Some of the things that this lady and her kids should have done in the book are also in the movie. Because um, even my wife, she, my wife watched Cujo with me. It's good. It's it's fairly tame 80s yeah. movie. Um, but but she was, a couple times she was like, well, why don't they just do that? I'm like, well, because the movie would be over right now then. Yeah, yeah. Trust <laughs> me, I was sitting there saying the exact same thing. <laughs> like, how about the dead cop's gun or the dead cop's car or, you know. <laughs> or maybe you're sitting on the side of a hill and you put the car in neutral and just roll backwards just for two miles. Backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, it's uh, fine. So, it, this isn't one of those movies where, yes, I gave it a negative review, but it's not one where I'm like, uh, taking a stand on my soapbox and fighting everybody on it. it. Everybody loves this movie except for me, and that's okay. It's I understand. I just didn't see it at that time. I saw it yeah. in 2014. <laughs> yeah, and I did. I watched it on VHS years. I mean, back when I was probably almost too young to watch it, so I'm like, oh, this is great. And and I've just continued watching it throughout the years, and I still I still enjoy it. Uh, it's interesting. I read some trivia on Stephen King because I, I, I'm I'm such a huge fan of his of of, re, of his books. Um, Cujo he wrote in a time where he was drunk almost all the time, and he doesn't remember writing the book almost at all. And so he's even gone on record as saying, "I wish that he's like I I actually enjoy that book. I wish that I would remember more about writing it, but I don't because I was drunk so much." And I'm like. <laughs> That just shows how talented that guy is to write such a good book because Cujo is a good book uh, when he was hammered. And I'm, <laughs> there you go. So I guess anyway. I should also uh, mention in uh, the interest of complete honesty, uh, I had an incident with a St. Bernard when I was a young lad, which has forever put me off of uh, big dogs. And uh-huh. yeah, so yeah. seeing big dog, no, my instinct is beat it to death with a bat. And yeah. <laughs> my job uh, currently, I also run to Rottweilers and big dogs trying to attack me. Yep. That's oh, and that's probably yeah. part of it. Like half that movie, I was hot because I was like, I would I would beat that thing to death. And then yeah, and then the woman gets out and beats it to death with a with a friggin' baseball bat. And then picks up a gun and just stands there for three minutes pointing the gun at it. But let's not pull the trigger. I'll walk away. And then the dog gets... A- Sorry, I'm getting derailed. Yeah. <sighs> Shoot the damn dog. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, next up, I want to talk about... Listen carefully. 
Batman versus Robin. Not mm. not Batman and Robin. Batman versus Robin. This is an animated film that's a follow-up to uh, Son of Batman, which they released uh, last year or so, whatever. And uh, if you go back to that review for Son of Batman, I, I said uh, that I was a little disappointed that they didn't take the Damian Wayne story a little further because I wanted to see it. I was hoping it would go all the way through to completion. This is the Empire Strikes Back of that story arc. This mm. movie kicked ass and blew me away. I was not expecting this from this story. I was not expecting them to make it... There's got to be a third one coming. There has to be. The way that they did uh, this part of the story. And uh, they did it... I had such a good comparison I was going to bring and I totally forget now, but... um, it's it's also horrible that they named it Batman versus Robin. And if you watched any of the trailers, probably not. Uh, <laughs> but um, they really made it seem like this is Batman fighting Robin in a battle to the death, Mortal Kombat. Only one can survive. And the whole movie is not like that. It, it, it's a little spat between father and son where they fight a little bit. And the bulk of the movie is, is very... Uh, more uh, realistic, understandable to a father-son in this aspect comparison. Do you know what I mean? Am I making any sense? Yeah, it, no, yeah you are. It, yeah, I've got calling you. this thing Batman uh, versus Robin is it was just stupid. I mean, I, maybe it was a ploy to sell more movies or something, but it, it didn't even work in the context of the film. I was like, this is not Batman fighting Robin the whole way. It's... <laughs> Silly. It was more. They could have called it Court of Owls, but then nobody would have known it was a follow-up to Son of Batman. And they do yeah. a lot of the Court of Owls storyline, which is great. It, it, oh, I, I can't believe how much I loved this movie. It was really damn good. It's the same director that made Dark Knight Returns and uh, all of those. All of those really high mark uh, Batman ones. Jay Olivia. This one, the two. Is uh, Peter Weller voicing Batman? No, 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 no. That was only Dark Knight Returns for old Batman. He's not old Batman in this one. He's young. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But was the Iceman Cometh, was he in this? <laughs> no, thank Chill God. Chill out. Yeah. <laughs> Ice to meet you. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, so terrible. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, yeah. and a lot of these animated uh, Batman movies have been far superior to even a lot of the Nolan ones. Uh, they've had a lot less faults, but you know, I, I, I gotta come clean as somebody who was down a little bit on Son of Batman. This one picked it up and it's, you know, it's a, it's turning into a fantastic arc and I really hope they make a third one to close out the Damian Wayne arc. Cool. Uh, so that's, that's the update on DC animated comic book films. What do you got next? Yeah. I'm not a big DC fan. I really like to stick with Marvel. Well, yeah, you're into part. Apple too, so <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I hold these things against you. Yeah, <laughs> true to my core. No, I'm. Yeah. that's all right. I'm drinking Pepsi, no, so yeah. And you're a Coke Nazi. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, clean. It's just clinging to labels. It's so stupid. I just don't. Oh, I, I, will, I don't. I, every single day I'm on the on the freaking internet. I gotta have some moron going DC versus Marvel. Which one are you? And I'm going. Are, seriously, who gives a crap? Whoever makes a good story, no. what do I care? 
It, yeah, <laughs> because Marvel and DC both have had duds, and they both had great movies. Yeah, but, no, I love Cult of Marvel. It's like, oh, Marvel Studios, nothing they've done has been a failure. And I go, yeah. uh, Daredevil, go, uh, Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider, huh? <laughs> well, those weren't true Marvel Studios. Oh, yeah, they were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then maybe they shouldn't have sold the rights to them back when Marvel was uh, failing financially in the 70s or 80s and uh, yeah. had to sell the rights to their characters in order to survive. But hey, at least they got Spider-Man back so they can make a fifth origin story. Yes, because we can't wait to see that, you see. Oh, don't worry. The next one's going to be uh, Peter Parker in high school again. Again, yes. Marvel has, With... has announced. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes, I'm dead serious. Oh, that's all right. It's, no, hey, they said it's not going to be an origin story. He's just going to be in high school and have his powers. Because we haven't seen that five times before already. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've noticed, like, it doesn't seem like DC, there's not DC fanboys. Like, it seems like Marvel fanboys are kind of the. Yeah. Like, I, I don't hear much about DC. Like, oh, That's no, because no, no, DC, no. Uh, people who are into DC like comic books. Okay. <laughs> people who are into Marvel like Marvel. And they like to rag on anything that isn't Marvel because uh, Marvel. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. I really, truly don't. Maybe I'm way yeah. off base. Maybe there are a bunch of DC a-holes out there that are just all DC. Oh, duh, it's all. I'm only Batman and Superman. But... <laughs> I'm I'm just not honestly. If you wanna, if you would go through my comic book collection and my long boxes and and shit, most of it would tend to be DC. I'm not gonna lie, uh, but I don't think of myself as I'm a DC guy. <laughs> no, I'm a comic book guy. Yeah, I don't care. Who, well, and even for the, for the movies, like I know, I know that you love uh, just like me, like the the Captain America movies and the Avengers. I mean, oh. lately. All of the Marvel Marvel movies have been really, really good, and DC has picked it up too. Like the Superman movie, I thought was really good. Yeah, and even so, but even those that hated Man of Steel, it I just don't understand where why Marvel guy is like, oh, they're killing it at the box office. They they have uh, the movies on lockdown. I'm going, yeah, but in it was the '70s when DC did Superman. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What did Marvel have? Uh, do you want to see the Captain America double set that I have for Marvel in the 70s? Do you want to go there? <laughs> they conveniently forget about all of that. You know, yes. DC paved a lot of way uh, for uh, the cinema in the 70s and the 80s with Batman. And while we will yeah. rip on those movies now, they were what we talked about before. The stepping stones. You can't yes. get there without the stepping stones. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you know, I'm curious where where Batman will lead. In who knows what Batman is going to be in ten years from now? Because they're going to continue to churn out Batman movies as long as they make money. Yeah. There's going to be a new Batman movie at some <laughs> I point. I did read some great comments about the uh, new Batman v Superman movie where they're like, "Why? Just why? Why even bother? What's the point?" And I go. Because Man of Steel was so awful, and I go, did you did you see the numbers on Man of Steel? Yeah, they're going to continue to make uh, those movies. It's like people just don't understand. If it makes money, they're going to make more. Yeah. Why are there eighteen Saw movies? 
Yeah. <laughs> because they make money. They made money. Yeah. When they quit making money, they'll change yeah. it up or so they'll stop quit going to watch them. them. They're like, oh, this is horrible. This is terrible. One for the midnight showing, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on yeah, and on that note, that's a great way to end this. Yes, thing. it is. Let's let's do a uh, let's bring us a tease for the next episode, which will be Movie Freaks Pod number. 50, the big 5-0. Um, we are going to have, what's our extra, we'll obviously have the roulette and recently watched and our special segment will be theater ticket lottery to wrap Ooh, up the month. Those are fun. And they are a lot of fun. They're also shorts that we can wrap up all of our reviews for the month. And one nice, neat little ball. Do you have anything else to add for this episode, sir? I'm good to go. Okay, in that case, you can always get a hold of us at moviefreakspot at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. And we're on Facebook, Movie Freaks Pod. I'm Eric Warner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. We'll see you next time. See ya, bye.